Good morning again, Oceanside Sanctuary. Welcome to our Sunday gathering for worship here on Facebook and on YouTube. Today we are going to continue to read through the Psalms as we prepare for Advent, which is coming up in just another week. And so we are, of course, reading through the lectionary. As I said last week, at this time of year, when we enter into the Christian holidays of Advent and Christmas and Epiphany, Lent, and eventually on to Easter and Pentecost, we usually enter into this rhythm of reading through the lectionary, which is a set of readings that's shared by churches all around the world. And those readings really highlight the very telling of the gospel that these holidays are supposed to unpack for us as Christians. And so we find at this time of year, it's, it's helpful for us to switch away from uh, that sort of topical preaching that we have been doing uh, since last spring and into the rhythm of a more liturgical approach to reading through Scripture every week. And so today, I want to read to you from Psalm chapter 100, which is a part of our lectionary reading for this week. But before we do, would you just say a few words of prayer with me as we center ourselves before we come before the text? God, we thank you again for this opportunity for us to gather together as a church, uh, even though we are still socially distanced from each other, even as the pandemic is increasing, even as more and more people are getting sick and tragically more and more people are dying, we are faithful to come together in worship even across this medium. And we do pray, God, that as we uh, approach this psalm today, Psalm 100, that you would teach us in spite of all of these difficulties, in spite of our uh, prayers on behalf of those who are really hurting and sick and suffering. We pray that you would teach us to cultivate the ability to be thankful and grateful even in the midst of those sufferings and help this, this passage to teach us how to do that. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week, if you remember, we took a look at a psalm, Psalm 125, and talked about this really powerful imagery from that psalm that depicted the people of God having had their fill of scorn and contempt and asking God to rescue them from that place of scorn and contempt through God's grace and mercy. And I think it's appropriate this week that we turn to Psalm 100 from the lectionary because it takes a really dramatic turn away from the scorn that we read about last week and into a place of gratitude and thankfulness and praise. If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Psalm chapter 100. If you don't, we're as always going to go ahead and put these words up on the screen for you. If you just read along with me, Psalm 100 beginning in verse 1 says this, Make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. This psalm, unlike last week's psalm, <coughs> excuse me, sort of charges out of the gate with this jubilant, uh, a thankful, joyful, re rejoicing tone to it, which can sometimes seem a little bit jarring, especially if you're a person who is not feeling particularly joyful or thankful or grateful. It jumps right in with this idea of making a joyful noise to the Lord. Not, not just you as an individual, not just 
us as a church, but all the earth making a joyful noise unto God. And one of the reasons why I like this opening to Psalm chapter 100 is because it really makes clear, I think, this notion that gratitude or thankfulness or praise as a practice of those who are worshiping is an intentional decision that we have decided to make this joyful noise to God. And that can be a particularly difficult thing to do sometimes. <clears throat> Excuse me. As we talked about last week, we are coming through an incredibly difficult year as Americans. We're coming through an incredibly difficult season as Americans as the election is behind us. But it's not just the election. It's not just the pandemic. It's also the economic consequences of all of this. And the way that these things have sort of seem to just come one after the other. 2020 has been an incredibly difficult and brutal and challenging year for so many people. And we see the effects of it right here at the church every day because, of course, even though we aren't gathering here on Sundays, one of the things that has been going on here every single week faithfully, even though we aren't gathering for worship, is that we're still serving people out of Sarah's Hope Food Pantry. And Janelle and her crew in Sarah's Hope have been faithful to that every week, sometimes on a shoestring crew because a lot of her, her volunteers had to stay home because of the pandemic. But what, what hasn't subsided, what hasn't abated during this time is the need for food. In fact, because of the economic consequences of the pandemic, Janelle and the Sarah's Hope crew have seen an increase in the number of people who need food. And so they're serving those folks every single week there, and we're seeing more and more needs. We're seeing more and more homeless people who are struggling, who are camping out on our front porch and come by and look for some relief from their struggle, some relief from their suffering. And of course, this just adds to all of the anxiety and the frustration we have as a result of this year. And so I think it's incredibly important that we see in this text and other passages of Scripture that call for us to praise, that call for us to be thankful, that call for us to rejoice, not necessarily as uh, ignoring the harsh realities of our lives, but instead... This call to make a joyful noise, all the earth, is a call to make a decision to express our gratitude, our thankfulness to God in spite of those difficulties, in spite of those circumstances. You know, the last time the United States had this kind of uh, real, uh, very serious challenges was around the Great Recession, which of course began in 2008. And even though the, re the recession itself technically ended in less than a year, the consequences or the ripple effects of that recession were felt for many years. And at that time, around 2008 is when my family had moved here to California from Ohio. And when we landed in California, right smack in the middle of the Great Recession, Janelle and I really struggled to find work like a lot of other Americans. It was an incredibly difficult, incredibly trying time for us. And during that time when we were sort of patching together, you know, gigs and odd jobs and part-time jobs here and there because there's not a lot of work for people whose entire uh, uh, professional history is in ministry, we were really struggling. And then in 2010, uh, I, found, I, I actually landed a job at a 
pretty big nonprofit here in North County, San Diego. And we were really relieved, really grateful for that opportunity for me to have that, that work. And Janelle landed a job with another nonprofit in the area. And over the next couple of years, I really wrestled with what ultimately became the worst job I ever had in my life. This nonprofit that I worked at was a total disaster. It was an incredibly toxic work environment. Uh, colleagues and coworkers were constantly at each other's throats. There was never enough money. The staff were woefully underpaid. And, and to top it all off, the organization itself was kind of in chaos. You know, I worked there for four years. And during the four years I worked there, I reported to four different CEOs, four different executive directors, which just illustrates the kind of chaos that the organization was going through at that time. And during that four-year period of time, that was an incredibly stressful time in my life. It was one of those jobs that I just dreaded going to every single day because I knew that there was going to be some new disaster happening there every single day. And it's one of those jobs where I would wake up many times during the week in the middle of the night grinding my teeth in a cold sweat because I just didn't want to do it anymore. But it was paying the bills and it was uh, also good work. It was work that I believed in and found meaningful in spite of the dysfunction that was happening inside the organization. Well, the Great Recession was really hard on that organization. And like I said, they were going through periods of real chaos. And so uh, in 2014, when a new CEO came on board, they ended up doing some layoffs and I was one of the people who was laid off. And that was an incredible, uh, difficult thing for me to swallow. I'd never been laid off from a job before. I'd never been fired from a job before. In fact, before the Great Recession, before we moved to California in 2008, I'd never applied for a job that I didn't get. And so I had a really privileged, uh, really uh, incredibly easy work history before we came to California before the Great Recession. And so that period of about four or five years after we first moved here was incredibly hard for our family. And when I got laid off from that job, I, I just thought I didn't know what we were going to do. We were really worried about making ends meet. We were really worried about how we were gonna pay the rent, how we were gonna feed our kids. It was really felt like kind of a disaster. And I got home the day that I was laid off and told Janelle what was going on and you know, we really uh, were frustrated and angry and uh, really complained and lamented to God about the situation. And at some point later that evening, the very day that I came home for my last day of work at that job, something happened and it just occurred to me out of the blue, I suddenly realized that in spite of the difficulties that we were going to be facing, in spite of the fact that I didn't know what lay ahead, one thing that was really true that I suddenly realized was I was never going to have to go back to that job again. And I was filled with gratitude for the fact that I was never going to have to darken the door of what really had been the worst job of my entire life. And I was suddenly so thankful and so grateful that I didn't have to do that. It didn't mean that I wasn't still nervous about the future. It didn't mean that I wasn't still filled with anxiety about our finances and how we were gonna make ends meet. But alongside those anxieties, alongside those frustrations, alongside the anger that I felt for having been laid off, there was this undeniable sense of gratitude and relief and hope that I didn't ever have to go back there again. And, and I think that's a little bit 
how thankfulness works. And I think one of the keys to experiencing that kind of thankfulness in spite of our circumstances is found here a little bit later in this psalm. So if you look back with me again at Psalm 100, we're going to pick it up in verse 3. This is after the psalmist sort of, as I said, charges out of the gates with this call for us to, to make a joyful noise to the Lord, uh, to come into God's presence with singing. And in verse 3, the psalmist switches course and changes to a new theme. Verse 3, he says this, Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His people. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. What happens here in this psalm is in verse 1 and 2, it has this sort of action to it, right? We are called to make a decision to be thankful, to be grateful in spite of our circumstances. And in verse 3, the psalmist shifts from the call to be grateful to the reason why we can be grateful. And that reason is very simply this, that we have our identity in the person of God, that God is our God and that we belong to that God. Not only that, but not only do we belong to that God, not only do we find our identity in that God, but if you look down there towards the end of Psalm 100, if we pick it up in verse 5, it says this, For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. And so what we have in this psalm is a, a kind of back and forth rhythm. In verse 1, we have the call to make the decision and make a joyful noise to God, to sing in God's presence. And then in verse 3, it switches over to the reason why we can be thankful in the midst of hard times is because we find our identity to God. And then it switches back in verse 4 to a call to action again, and this time filling our imagination with what it's like to enter into God's presence. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And then it switches again back to passages about identity. Only this time at the end of the psalm, it's not our identity in God, it's God's identity as good. For the Lord is good, verse 6, and His steadfast love endures forever, His faithfulness for all generations. Friends, we can worship God and enter into God's presence with thankfulness and gratitude and praise in spite of our circumstances, not only because we belong to God as worshipers of God, but because the God that we worship is good. Our identity is found in a God who is eternally, everlastingly faithful and good. When we say that we worship God, what we're really saying is that we have given ourselves wholeheartedly to the source of all that is good and right and true in the world, that we recognize that in the world, in spite of all of the pain, in spite of the chaos, in spite of the suffering, that we recognize the presence of goodness alongside that chaos and suffering. And when we recognize the presence of goodness in the world around us, 
in our own lives, in the lives of those that we love, when we recognize that, that tangible presence of something good that is greater, and we give ourselves in worship to that greater goodness, then we are able to set aside our pain and our suffering just long enough to enter in to a place of worship and gratitude and praise for that greater goodness. And what that does is it makes us more resilient. It makes us more able to withstand those times of difficulty, those times of suffering. And so no matter how difficult 2020 has been for you or for me or for anybody else, alongside that chaos, alongside that difficulty, alongside this sickness are unmistakable moments, unmistakable signs of goodness all around us if we simply cultivate the practice of seeing it and giving thanks for it. I love the way that Paul, at the end of the book of Philippians, sort of turns our attention to this same kind of gratitude. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. And some of you will remember a song that you might have learned when you were in Sunday school that uses those same lyrics. And right after Philippians 4, 4, Paul jumps into not just the, the ability or the decision for us to rejoice in, the spite of, in spite of difficulties, but he actually gives us a method for doing it in verse 8 when he says this, Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And this is exactly what the psalmist is calling us to do. The psalmist and, and, and Paul in Philippians, they're not calling us to sort of cover our ears and cover our eyes and pretend that all of these terrible things don't exist. Instead, they are calling us to a life of joyful, grateful, thankful resistance, the ability to give thanks for the good that we have in spite of difficulty. And that is this Thanksgiving week, what I'm asking you to reflect on this week. As, as you move into this Thanksgiving week, however you're practicing Thanksgiving, if you're hunkered at home, like Janelle and I are just with our family this year, instead of having a lot of guests around the table, I wanna encourage you just to reflect on these questions. Number one, what is it that you are thankful for? Another way of asking that question would be, what good, what beautiful, what excellent, what genuinely commendable things are in your life? What people, what circumstances, what qualities, what is that intangible but unmistakable presence of goodness that is persistently present in your life in spite of what is hard, in spite of what is difficult? And then number two, how would you name that? What is that thing or who are those people or what are those circumstances that you recognize as unmistakably good? And then number three, would you tell somebody? In Psalm 100, the psalmist calls us to voice our gratitude, to give words to our thankfulness. And we know that when we do this, the best science tells us that when we cultivate the discipline 
of expressing our gratitude, expressing our thankfulness for people and things and circumstances in our lives that are good, that we are not only emotionally and mentally healthier, but that we are physically healthier as well. And so this week, I just want to give you those questions to reflect on. What is good in your life that you are thankful for? And then number two, who can you tell about it? How would you express your gratitude, not only to God, but to others for the goodness that you have? I think that if we reflect on those things, that we will find that whatever else 2020 has in store for us, that God will be building up in us the kind of resilience that we need to move forward and to find His goodness and grace in all things. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you again for today and for this opportunity for us to worship. We thank you for this psalm and for Paul's words in Philippians 4.8 that teach us that gratitude and thankfulness are good for us, that they connect us to you and your presence of goodness in our lives, and that they produce more goodness and well-being in our own bodies, in our own relationships. And if we express that gratitude, extend that well-being and that goodness to others. We ask that you'd give us the courage to do that. We ask that you would give us the will to express that gratitude and thanks. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the online gathering here at the Oceanside Sanctuary. I hope you're all doing well. My name is CJ, and I've got some upcoming uh, things that are going on, some announcements for you about the Oceanside Sanctuary. First of all, if you are new to the online gatherings here and you're watching these services throughout the week or on Sunday morning, we would love to know you're out there. We would love to know a little bit more about you and you can find us on the church website at www.oceansidesanctuary.org contact. And that'll put you in touch with our our team and our staff and our pastors, and they would love to uh, love to meet you. Secondly, there is a brand new team that we're really excited about. It's called the Spiritual Care Team, and they just launched this team, and it's all about checking in on people during um, some really difficult times right now during COVID. And we've got a group of uh, people that would love to reach out to you. So we would love to know if you want us to reach out to you and just say a quick hello and check in on you and you can drop us a note on the website with the slash contact portion of the website and that'll that'll get your name on our uh, spiritual care team uh, new thing that's part of the Oceanside Sanctuary that we're super excited about. Next up, we are looking for some families that can record some of our Advent seg segments as we're coming into that uh, part of the year. And we're excited about that. If you and your family just want to record um, some easy, quick little clips and the staff at the church will give you some ideas and some thoughts and some input on that, we would love to know that you would love to do that. And you can let us know on the website uh, the contact portion of the website will uh, put you in contact with Alex and the team and we would love to send you some things about having your family shoot some Advent segments coming up into that portion of the year which we're really excited about. And then the next book club's coming up on December the 10th from 6.30 p.m. to a little later in the evening via the Zoom. It's entitled Trouble 
I've seen, and that's the uh, December Book Club. Uh, in this provocative book, the theologian and blogger Drew G. I. Hart places police brutality, mass incarceration, anti-black stereotypes, poverty, and everyday acts of racism within the large framework of white supremacy. And the great thing about this discussion is it's all gonna lead into uh, a discussion about Jesus, which I'm very excited about. Uh, the author offers concrete practices for churches that seek solidarity with the oppressed and are committed to racial justice, which the Oceanside Sanctuary is. So this sounds like it's gonna be a fantastic book study. Trouble I've Seen, December 10th at 6.30 p.m. on uh, the old Zoom. And you can find more information about that on the website slash calendar. And then finally, we always wanna encourage you to be part of what this church is doing through uh, your time, through your resources, and we certainly love to uh, have people giving to this 501c3 nonprofit organization and this church can impact the community and do the things it does because of you and the gifts that you give and you can do that simply online uh, the oceansidesanctuary.org slash give and if you have more questions about that i know the pastoral team and the staff would love to answer any of your questions about giving to the Oceanside Sanctuary. Well, have a great week, everybody. Look forward to seeing you soon. Continue to stay safe and healthy.